the best investment a human being could ever make back when we were doing the money episodes. Oh, yeah. Come on. Bring it again. Best investment you could ever make. Ever. It doesn't exist in the stock market. Ever. It doesn't exist in the real estate market. And it sure as heck doesn't exist in the commodities or insurance market. Ever. 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 The number one investment a human being can make is in themselves. Welcome to Your Financial Sobriety, a podcast that challenges conventional beliefs about money and life. We're here to talk about the only three relationships in life that really matter, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with other people, and our relationship with money. And they are all tied very closely to one another. If you've ever struggled with any of these relationships at any point in your life, then you're in the right place. I'm Matthew Grishman, co-owner of Gebhardt Group. We're a private wealth management firm headquartered just outside San Francisco, California. I'm joined by my business partner and BFF, Jim Gebhardt, who got this party started when he opened the doors of our firm in 2005. Jim and I created Your Financial Sobriety because we want to help a lot of people. We're on a mission to become the most disruptive money influencers of our time. If after listening today, you're able to take one step closer to keeping your money more aligned with the people, places, and experiences that mean the most to you, then Jim and I just got one step closer to accomplishing our mission. I am so grateful to be back here in the studio today. Feels like it's been a little while. Man, we came in here a while ago and just ripped through so much content, so much heavy content. It was kind of fun listening to the episodes after the fact because it almost felt like it was the first time I was hearing it the content. It was new again. Yeah, it was, it was brand new again. That's something I've always seen as a challenge for myself is – Going back to some of those harder times in my life and really thinking about them, reflecting on them, I mean, that's still painful. Who wants to do that? Right. As much healing as I've done with the relationship I have with myself, it can still be hard to go back and remember. I guess it doesn't surprise me too much that I really can't remember much of what we recorded in episodes 16 through 19. Right. But I do know where we wound up. And I think for where we're going over the next couple of episodes, it makes some sense to try to sum up some of the things that we did cover. Financial sobriety has been this incredible journey that we've been on together. We've taken a lot of our friends and listeners on this journey, and it's really about these three very complicated relationships that we have. And you and I have spent a great deal of time looking at the complexities of that relationship we have with money. Then we pivoted the program into that relationship with people and how our relationship with money, be it good, bad, or indifferent, affected those relationships. And towards the end of those relationship episodes, we really talked about some of the ways that you and I and clients we work with in our private practice, how they've begun to heal some of those relationships from the damage that was caused with some of the not-so-desirable money behaviors. Right. That ultimately led us right down to the bone, to the meat of all this, the source of all of this angst, at least for me, was the fact that at the end of the day, I looked in the mirror and I despised the guy looking back at me. And I remember so clearly back in 2005, the first time I met you, how unbelievably empathetic and compassionate you were. And you also gave me a little bit of hope. You helped me have some grace for the first time because you shared with me something that just knocked me on my keister a little bit. You told me I was close. Right. Remember, going back early into the first couple episodes, I was on this relentless quest for money because if I had money, I could take care of Amy and the people I love. Right. And then they would consider me a hero 
give me the pats on the back I need because I'm a total recognition. Sure. You know what? And if everybody said I was a good guy, then I could look in the mirror and feel good about myself. The good news for anybody that's listening is that pattern's been going on for thousands of years. Whew. Man, if I, I make more money, yeah. I can take care of my people. I will feel good about myself. I thought I invented that concept. This whole process of writing a book, Financial Sobriety, doing the podcast, coming in here to the studio with you, and having amazing one-on-one -on -one conversations with people over the years has really helped me feel that I'm not alone, that this has been going on for a long time, and I'm not unique. This is something that a lot of people are struggling with, and it was what you said to me that day that really helped me take those first steps towards healing. You said, dude, you're so close on this. You just got it a little backwards. That's all. Let's just reverse engineer this thing. Yeah, most of us do. Yeah. And let's start with you. Let's get you introduced to the right people that can help you start healing your relationship with you, which I also really appreciated the fact that you didn't try to be an expert in a space you weren't an expert in. Right. You sent me to the experts. I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Well, that made you somewhat expert and capable. <laughs> Man, I missed that commercial. <laughs> and it was going through those other people. You know, you said, hey, let's get that relationship with self right mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Because if you can learn how to forgive yourself for the past, love yourself for the present, and believe in yourself for the future. Good things might happen. Yeah, good things might happen. And you might be able to transfer that relationship to the relationship you have with your people. And then those become more genuine relationships. So now all of a sudden, I've forgiven myself, I love myself, I believe in myself, I can now do that for my wife, my children, you, my business partner, the people that we surround ourselves with. Mm -hmm. And what that ultimately gave me with this relationship with money, which was just this unbelievably simplified lens to make all of my financial decisions through. It just simplified everything with my relationship with money. I still mess up. I still make impulsive purchases occasionally, but man, do I do it a lot less than I used to. Right. And I know one of the things we did talk about in episode 19 was this idea of progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. That's part of the forgiveness thing. Part of the exercises we go through with this self-care, and we talked a lot about the time we give each other for self-care every day. Mm -hmm. The best version of ourself needs to prepare every day so that we can really show up in the world and have maximum impact. I think so many people have a difficult time taking that time for themselves because of the reverse order of what we've been talking about. I've got to go make the money to take care of my people, then I'll have time for myself. Right. Or then I'll feel better about myself. Right. In these COVID times that we're in, taking care of yourself is one of the most important things you can do because, I mean, no different than when you get on an airplane. Remember when you used to get on those big things with the wings on the sides and you'd go some way up high and oh, fly yeah, somewhere? Oh, yeah, 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 Get there quickly. Yeah. And the very nice person that would always give the instructions before we took off. Now, if the airbag comes down... We're crashing. Sure. But who do you put it on? <laughs> you put it on you first. Right. Because you can't help anybody that's sitting next to you if you don't have the oxygen mask on. Absolutely. I really want to emphasize to people how important this concept of self-care is. And our next several episodes are going to be talking more about that. Certainly the next episode is all about rest and rehydration and taking care of thyself. Yep. Well, it's important to really make sure that we're good with this concept of progress, making progress towards this. You mentioned in the last episode how, gosh, you give yourself 12 hours a day, right? I, I said that, 24 hours on a clock, right? The clock goes around twice in a 24-hour cycle. 12 of those hours belong to me. 12 of those hours belong to the rest of the world. 
that's taken me time to get there. And I don't do it perfectly all the time. In the next episode, we're going to touch on how I've kind of slipped a little bit with some of that self-care that I usually give myself, and I haven't been allocating the 12 hours that I normally do due to this concept we talked about eons ago in the show, resistance. And resistance has shown up in my life, and it's thrown me off my self-care path a little bit. So what I would encourage you to do is can you at least do one little thing in the morning for you before you plug into the world, before you pick up the phone and read the news, before you get into a conversation with your spouse, with your children, before you turn on email. Before you turn before on your email. Before your first Zoom call. Before your first Zoom call. Before the anything, newspaper. Anything. Right. Can you do one thing, even if it's just 15 minutes, for you? Maybe it's using that app we've shared before, Calm. The Calm app that has 10-minute guided meditations. If you could just do that today. I'm not talking about for the rest of your life and thinking about this down the road, but just for today. Yeah. Can you make that commitment for a little bit of self-care that starts with a 10-minute guided meditation with Tamara Levitt and her amazing voice and her yeah. amazing guidance? Right. Because as we clear this wreckage up, as we get really good with ourselves and we start healing this relationship, there's an incredible gift that comes on the other side, which is what we're really here to talk about today. Now we get to start exploring what's next. I've healed. I'm healing. I actually like myself a little bit. I can look in the mirror with all my little imperfections, and you know what? I'm okay. What do we do with that once we get to that point where we start feeling good about ourselves and good about our people and good about the relationship we have with money? What types of opportunities open up in front of us? That, my friends, is called finding your unique ability. This was one of those light bulb moments in my life. It was 2005. I had joined a program Dan Sullivan has created. We've talked many times on this program about the strategic coach. And it's the very first exercise that you learn. And unique ability is a concept that when you really dive into it, it's about finding out specifically you. There's a lot of things you're probably capable of. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that you're good at. There's a smaller list of things that you're excellent at, but in the center of that bullseye, what is it that is uniquely your gifted ability straight from the higher power? Everybody has one. It's not always easy to unpack, as you and I will talk about with our own unique abilities and how it's like the fish in water. You can't necessarily see it, but the way Dan has you go through the exercise, and I would encourage you to go, if this is something you're interested in exploring, go by... Dan's book on unique ability, and it's a very step-by-step, -step, walks you through the process. Because ultimately, there's this wonderful quote that's actually in the book by Joseph Campbell, and it's, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. Who and are you? Isn't that really what we're here to do? I mean, we get one lap around the sun, so let's go have the best life you can have. Well, the best way to do that is to go be the most authentic, best you there is. And I'll tell you, it's a challenging process that you start to look at things that you've done all of your life that you're excellent at. So we had an intern 10 years ago now, Donna, who she went to a local university and we had page posted and she filled out an app and she came in and she's a super bright woman with a beautiful heart, a caring spirit. I hope she's listening, even though she doesn't know who Donna is, but she'll be able to put the rest of the puzzle pieces <laughs> together. And we were sitting there talking about her education and her schooling and all this and I asked her, what did you want to know about, what do you want to learn about finance while you're here? And, you know, she 
gave me, I don't remember the explicit answer, but she gave me a you know nice answer. And I said, okay, cool. Here's the deal. Stop working on all your weaknesses. You've spent the last 16 years of your life being told by endless educators to improve your weaknesses. How'd she take that? It was a complete, uh, uh-huh. I mean, just like one of those cartoon <laughs> things. She was like, I don't understand. I said, you want to spend the rest of your life exploiting, in the most positive sense of the word, your unique talents, your unique ability. Like your ability to wash your car. Is that your unique ability? Almost. Almost? Almost. You're good at that. I would even say you're excellent at that. I am excellent at that. Stay on the mic, would you? Yeah, I'm staying on the mic. Well, you and I have done a little car swap uh, the last couple of weeks. You took mine, I took yours. You took Emily down to college because the idea of towing a U-Haul made the the butt pucker a little. So, hey, take the pickup truck. I tried really hard to wash your car for you and make it nice and clean, but I'm I'm not nearly as excellent at that as you are. No, it's not my unique ability. It's something I enjoy. And you're really good at it. It's something that gives me confidence. Yeah. Let me finish up the story on Donna. Okay. Years later, she came back because she wanted to be a client of Gebhardt Group. And we were having a little bit of a reunion. And I said, you know, all these years later, what was the biggest takeaway from our time together? She's like, oh, come on. Unique ability. Wow. Stop trying to improve my weaknesses. If you have a child that isn't particularly good at math or science or English or a foreign language, we spend all of this effort to try to get them up to a standard. I get that. Okay. But once you get into the real world, let's just use sports as an example, right? I'm a big basketball guy. You're a big basketball guy. But look at Steph Curry as an example. Steph has identified his unique ability as perhaps the best shooter in basketball of all time. Right. He has paid an extraordinary amount of money for that unique ability. And you can see it with performers, whether they be music or stage or screen or TV. Well, and it it also gets very specific. It I mean, does to get pick, very to, specific. To pick on another basketball player, when, when I was down in Westlake Village back in March at this little conference with our friend Bo, he brought a friend of his in, and I forget the name of his friend, but he's basically a sports performance guy. And one of the things he shared with us was the unique ability of this player on the Houston Rockets, James Harden. Sure. He's slow. He's not very athletic. He's an average shooter, but his unique ability is his ability to decelerate better than anyone else in the world. To actually stop and decelerate at a quicker rate than anyone else in the world. And if you've ever watched him play basketball, it, it creates every, opportunity. Every single shot is him driving into his opponent and then stepping back and making a three point shot. Unique ability you've taught me is so specific and so unique to that one person that it, it takes some work to figure out what that is. It does. And if we're at a point in our journey with financial sobriety where we've talked about the relationship with money, the relationship with people, the relationship with self, and you're starting to feel better about the person that you're seeing in the mirror, well, let's go create the life we want. Right. And how are you going to do that? You're going to do that with identifying, and again, in the most positive sense of the word, exploiting that unique ability. So question for you. Would you suggest that part of the process of identifying unique ability would require us to take a lot of traditional labels and position titles and industries and put them aside? Yeah. What I mean by that is if I were to say I'm the best financial advisor in the planet, well, how do I measure that? It almost seems like from what you're describing and what we've described with some of these athletes that it it really drills down 
beyond. It almost transcends job titles, industries to a specific skill set. It is a specific skill. I would absolutely try to set labels aside. Yeah. And you can start with whatever journal you've been doing all of our writing exercises in. Start writing down, and you could do them in columns. You could do it in circles, like a bullseye. Those things that you're good at. I'm really good at washing the dishes. I wash the dishes a lot in our house. I mean, it's just something I do to help out around the house. I'm good at it. I'm not excellent. It's not my unique ability. Right? I've seen spots on your dishes. You just start to have a little bit of fun with it because it is the fish swimming in the water. It is pretty difficult to see, and you were really the one that crystallized it. I'd gone through the process with Strategic Coach and came to the conclusion that one of the things that I do extraordinarily well is I simplify complexity. I take a very complex puzzle and I'm able to distill it down and simplify it and repackage it in something that's very digestible for you, the consumer. Right. And Dan got you there. I mean, his team got you to that point. Absolutely. Where you got me to the next level of my unique ability is the concept of being able to develop trust at lightning fast speeds. Just think about how is it that you get to take complex stuff and make it very simple for people. They have to be able to share the information. Which requires what type of environment for that sharing to happen. Yeah, an unbelievably trusting, non-judgmental environment. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first time I came and met you, I was sitting in your office for 10 minutes and I felt like I knew you for 30 years. And as I said earlier today, the number of times I've heard people say that, those kinds of things, that's when you start to know you're getting in the neighborhood of unique ability. Yes. Right? You've heard people say this to you forever. Yes. Well, you know, I feel as though I've known you for like 25 years. Yeah, totally. That's how I felt the minute I met you. I'd met 10,000 financial advisors at that point, and there was something so unbelievably unique to that first experience that the next time I came to see you wasn't about the stuff I had to sell you to sell your clients, but it was about, hey, can you help me? Right. Can you not only be my financial advisor, but can I tell you the truth about the train wreck of a financial life that I have? And you created this very, very safe environment. It took us a few years, but I really got curious about how you did that. As I've said a hundred times, I don't know how I do it. Well, that I think that's part of what makes unique ability unique ability is that it's so innate, it's so automatic, it's just so part of who you are, and that I, I'm glad you brought up the blind spot. It's so close to you, you don't often see it, let alone when it's pointed out to you and you've heard it a thousand times, dude, you're really good at this, that it's still hard to figure out, well, what is it that I'm doing? And that was part of the journey that, thank you for letting me turn you into a little bit of a guinea pig where I could study you as an outsider and observe you in client meetings. We'd go get a sandwich for lunch, and I would sit back and observe how you interacted with the cashier. I would sit back and observe how you would interact with some stranger on the street. Everything from your body language to your facial expressions to the things you said to the things you didn't say. And it took us some time, but this is something we got to write about in the book, Financial Sobriety, of where that trust at lightning fast speed, how you're able to completely eliminate the trust gap between two people virtually instantaneously because I wanted that superpower. Right. Where's the cape? I saw that power in you and just scratched my head and wondered, can I learn that? Or is that something I have to be uniquely gifted at to acquire? So part of the gift in you understanding what your unique ability is, is that other people can learn those behaviors. It'll never be 
getting trust at lightning fast speed will never be my unique ability, but I could become really, really good at it, which helps my unique ability shine even further. Right. And a little cart before the horse on the concept of unique ability team, if we're going to be in a work environment, how much faster is the boat going to go if everybody on the team is in their unique ability the majority of their time? That boat is going to go really fast because you're not barking up the wrong tree trying to get you, let's say, to build trust at lightning fast speeds because as we've talked about your unique ability and your ability to be able to listen and do it in such a way that when you then start to present some solution back to the client, they feel a sense of, of capability and empowerment that they didn't know they had. That's your superpower. And I've watched you do it probably now a thousand times. And the point to this exercise isn't so much to then covet what somebody else's unique ability is. It's to then start to surround yourself with people who also know their unique ability. Yes. So you That's being aware. That's when the magic happens. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you being aware of your unique ability and how to apply it every day allows me to learn more about how to apply my own unique ability. And our team is firing on all cylinders. What's incredible about 2020 is you hear everywhere you turn on the news, every radio DJ, every Sirius XM DJ, every TV commentator, almost every post in social media. I can't wait for 2020 to be over. This is the worst year ever. Yet you and I are having the best year we've ever had. Yes. I believe one of the largest components to that happening is the fact that you and I have assembled a unique ability team. Yeah. The fact that we have five people who are all very clear on their unique ability, who all spend anywhere from 80 to 90% of their time at Gebhardt Group and within financial sobriety in that unique ability space, which just brings so much energy into the environment. And our clients, our readers, our listeners, they feel that. And that is a wonderful distinction on the fact that your unique ability is with you everywhere. Everywhere. Right? So you just made a comment about when we would go to the local grocery store and get a sandwich. It's the stuff that you do at church when you could go to church on Sunday. It's the stuff you do at the Little League field. It's the family reunion. It's at the health club. I mean, you can't not do it. It's just who you are. What were those places you were talking right, about? Right. Those are all former places that you could actually get in your vehicle oh, and go to. Oh, gotcha. Not in COVID times. <laughs> so why? Why would I want to know my unique ability? Write about it. Write about what got you scared right? I don't know how I'm going to create value if my unique ability is blank. I don't know how to pivot from the life that I have today to that. Now, keep in mind, it's something that you're doing already. So whatever work environment you're in, or even if you're not working, you don't have to be working to have unique ability. You're doing it naturally. Yeah. It's just how, how, how much share of those, it. How are you going to share that gift and that talent with as many people as you can? Because I'll tell you what comes on the other side of it is a greater sense of confidence in who you are as a person. I think as a result of that, you're going to be a little happier. When you're happier and you're a little bit more confident, you are going to attract new opportunities. Those new opportunities are often going to lead to some kind of a better life, whether that be with more money or new experiences or new people, or you're going to meet the love of your life or whatever it might be. There are a tremendous amount of benefits that come from pursuing this concept of unique ability and then essentially dedicating your life to spending as much time as you can in that unique ability. In that space, in that zone. So when we hired Allison a number of years ago, one of the things that she did, thanks to her unique ability, 
was I got to take a lot of hats off on things that I was good or excellent at. And that was a transition for me because, well, those were those were things I liked to do. <laughs> I was good at them. But now, no, Allison's here and <laughs> Oh, like a dog. She's on a ripping bone. stuff She's, off my plate. Yeah. Like you're gonna you no, know, that's not what you do. Oh, and she'll chop your knees out if right? you try to do it. Well, I was six six when we started this thing. I know. I'm down now to like five eleven. I know, it's unbelievable. I'm and taller than you are now. Then I'm able to spend more time in conversation using my unique ability. Look at what has happened to our business when I've been able to devote more of my time and get into what we call that unique ability zone. You may only be able to spend 20, 30% of your time in unique ability zone. I figure I'm probably spending maybe 50, 60% of my time. Oh, those are rookie numbers. You got to get they those numbers They are rookie up. numbers. And I am very mindful of the fact that I want to get that closer to the 80% number. We talk so much in this podcast about being intentional with your money. Mm-hmm. I think the whole concept of being intentional in life is critical. But let's be also intentional with our time. One of the things COVID is doing for us is it is slowing down the pace of life. You and I have talked about my yoga instructor, and I think we've even talked about her on the program. And she has said so many times that we are human beings, not human doings. And pre-COVID, I was a human doing. I mean, come on. My whole family was a human doing. We were just buzzing at 150 miles an hour eight days a week. The blessing in COVID for my family and for me personally has been how it has slowed life down, and it feels like it's made more time. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And having this incredible sense of freedom as a result of that time to do with as we want to, to be able to look at the time we've allocated to non-unique ability activities. I mean, you, you said it before, you're already doing this. You already have this unique ability. If you're unaware of what it is, chances are you're spending 5% of your time, 10% of your time in it. So we can think about those things that bring incredible amounts of energy to start zeroing in. And I think you and I are going to talk here in a little bit about some of the steps we can take to start mm-hmm. getting down the path of unique ability. But we also talked about probably the best investment a human being could ever make back when we were doing the money episodes. Oh, yeah. Come on. Bring it again. Best investment you could ever make. Ever. It doesn't exist in the stock market. Ever. It doesn't exist in the real estate market. And it sure as heck doesn't exist in the commodities or insurance market. The number one investment a human being can make is in themselves. And what you and I are proposing today, now that we've begun clearing the wreckage of the past, is that because we're now in alignment with our money, We've simplified our money. We are clear on our values and the things that bring great happiness into our lives as it relates to the people, places, and experiences we surround ourselves with. Now it's time to take some of that financial capital, some of that time capital, because we have created more time, and we need to start plowing that in. I'm going to use an industry word. We need to start dollar-cost averaging into the most powerful investment we could ever make, which is ourselves. And just for a little money aside, for if you're not aware of what the term dollar cost averaging means, it doesn't mean the average cost of a dollar. What it means is a systematic approach to investing money at regular time intervals. So people do it all the time in their 401k plans, in their IRAs. But what we don't often dollar cost average into is ourselves. Can we potentially take some financial resources and time 
and start really exploring what this unique ability thing that you and I are talking about is and how it applies to me. No doubt about it. No doubt about it at all. As you were saying that, I started thinking about the fact that life is slower in COVID, right? We're not going as many places. We're not doing as many things. And I know we have listeners that are going through very, very difficult times. Maybe they've been let go. Maybe their business has had to shut down. Maybe they're in a job that has either ended or they've got to go reinvent themselves. Yeah. We also have plenty of clients and friends where life is still out of balance. They're working more than ever, harder than they ever have in COVID times, doing these endless Zooms that just tend to suck the life out of you because there's no human connection. And again, this is where if you can take some time for yourself and start to look at what is your unique ability, right? So if, you, if you're in a situation where you have to reinvent yourself, you were let go from your job, your business is done, whatever it is, this is probably the singular greatest exercise I could ask you to do. Expand it. It could be any major life transition any, you're going thank through. Thank you. Any major life transition. I've talked with three widows in the last week, all recently widowed, and they can't really see life 3.0. And So what's life 3.0? In our lingo, there's the life before the person, the life that you had with the person, and now the life after that person is gone, whether it be death or divorce. So any major life transition that somebody's going through, this yeah, is- life before the job, life with the job, yeah. and now envisioning life after the job. Whatever the next job might right. be. Right. Well, come on, let's go get happy. Let's go get happy in the context of if you're spending your time doing the thing that you were born to do, whatever that skill is, mine happens to come through the context of money. Mm-hmm. And coaching people and, and advising people who are going through a major life transition, they're stuck, they're confused, they're overwhelmed. They come into our factory. They all of a sudden, as we've said on this show, open up the kimono and they tell me everything, not just about their money. And they feel safe. And now if they're going through a very difficult, uncomfortable financial situation and life transition, now we can put the puzzle pieces back together in such a way that they're going to be stronger, more capable, happier, confident people down the road. You get to create the trust in the room that allows them to share openly with us. Then we get to present these ideas and solutions and directions that help them see the forest through the trees. And then I get to jump in with the unique ability of redirecting it all back to them in a way that makes them feel like, huh. I can do this. I can do this. This isn't so bad. I can do this. I can do this. Right. Oh, it's such an awesome one-two punch. All the proof for me on this unique ability, again, putting the cart before the horse a little bit, is just what I'm seeing in Amy, in my own wife. Just the last couple of weeks that school has resumed, Her, she has a, she has a job. She works in the special education department, one of our local middle schools. Ten years ago, Amy and I had a conversation about her reentering the workforce, and she felt stuck. She didn't know how she would even go about doing it because the last time she was at work— there weren't even PCs on desks, and Microsoft hadn't even invented the office suite yet. How could I possibly get back into what I was doing? And this is right around the time you and I were hip deep in, in unique ability work. It didn't take going through Dan Sullivan's entire course for her to be able to see her unique ability because she had me in her life with 20 years of observation of seeing how she responds and reacts in certain situations. Amy has this incredible unique ability of remaining calm in crisis. Boy, we could use a little bit more of that these days. Well, let me tell you, there are a bunch of 7th and 8th graders right now at Springview Middle School 
that are getting a lot of benefit because of the impact my wife is having on their lives at showing them what calm looks like in crisis. I mean, think about it. Can you think of another group of children that live in a constant state of crisis than children with special needs, specifically those on the spectrum of autism? Sure. Sure. Almost every interaction can create some form of crisis that I've never met a person who is so good naturally at just remaining calm in those circumstances and allowing others then to feel that calm. Well, for six months, she's been shut out of her unique ability. She's been trying to figure out she's new routines. She's been trying to keep you calm. She's been trying like crazy yeah, to how's keep that working calm. out? Uh, <laughs> it's... It's helped me stay a lot calmer than I would normally be in my normal agitated state that I always get in. And just having her around has been an incredible benefit to me. But the challenge is, is with Amy applying that unique ability with myself and Miles and Lucas, that's maybe 10% of her time that's being spent in unique ability. What's she doing with the other 90% of her time? She's trying to fill it up with things that don't bring her nearly the energy or the peace, or the joy, or the feeling of fulfillment and impact in her life. Well, now she's back to school, and it's all of a sudden like, boom, a light went on. And well, I'm, she's plugged back into she, the source of her energy. Yes, and, and applying her unique ability 70, 80, maybe even 90% of the time during her day. And it's so cool to see what the benefit is of somebody identifying their unique ability and being able to maximize the amount of time in a 24-hour clock cycle that they spend within that unique ability. You know, as you're telling that story, it's making me think of another way to approach this for listeners who are curious about unique ability. And we've talked about Mm -hmm. the things that suck the life out of you, Mm -hmm. the people, places, things, activities that suck the life out of you. Okay, you can reverse engineer this a little bit by making a list and writing down in your journal those activities that just suck the life out of you. Yeah. And... That's just a separate list off to the side because it is an energy creator. When you and I first started working together, I would talk about how my ideal Tuesdays and Thursdays were appointments at 9, 10, 11, 1, 2, 3, 4. And I would joke about, okay, that was a lovely matinee. When's the show? Now, oh, and I never understood how you could do that. And we would have those days occasionally. We didn't have them all the time. We'd have like a 9, 11, 1, and 3. <laughs> Which still exhausted the crap out of me. Well, and we, you know, I'd look for a body bag for you, right? <laughs> like we're going to, we'll say something nice and here's the hearse and you're dead. You were exhausted. Yeah. Thank and God I'm, for coffee. I am ready to go for the, the double header at 7 and 9. As you and I slowed things down, as we slowed the tape down, we unpacked everything. It was the recognition that I was in my unique ability zone, and that is an energy creator for me. And much like Amy, when I'm not in my unique ability zone, I wither. I don't do well. Yeah. Because I don't feed off of the energy that I'm getting back from my gift. You know what I do when I'm not in my unique ability zone? You play golf? Oh, I wish. I waste money. Oh, no, no. What? You, You wash your car. Uh, I waste money. You're a good American. Uh huh. I waste money. I mistreat the people around me, and I beat the ever living crap out of myself. Hmm. You should write a book about that. I think so. Let's spend a little bit of time talking about the hows of this, the how tos this. You bet. We've talked a lot about this concept of unique ability, the benefits of it, why unique ability, and the last thing I will say about the why of it all, and then we'll get into the hows and the whats and and the different steps that we can take to start going down this path. You and I have both heard, and I don't know if this was a Simon Sinek quote, 
or who we or if we heard this from Jerry Lujan, a friend of ours from the best program that we're in. But you and I once heard that the two most important days in our lifetime. There you go. I are love the, this. Are the day we're born and the day we learn why. Amen. When we get clear on the unique ability, we learn why we were born. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah, that's a Nelly bar the door kind of moment because <laughs> the earth is going to shake and— Nelly bar the door? I've never heard that before. Is I that got like all 1953? Kinds, I've got all kinds of content from 1947. It's such a powerful moment. Yeah. And I really can't emphasize enough, you got to find day two. You got to figure out day two, why you were born. I would say that is one of the most important things you can do in your life, not just for you, not just for you, but for all the people you care about, because you will be a much better you. You will be a much more empowered, energetic you when you figure that out. It'll also give you a sense of clarity on knowing exactly what you should be doing in a day and what you shouldn't be doing in a day. I used to struggle with this idea of saying no. I used to say yes to everybody. We've talked about it a thousand times. Because I am clear on the fact that I was put on this earth to help people feel more capable in themselves, I now know what I need to be doing every day. And if it's not that, or if it's not preparing for that or mm-hmm. getting better at that, right. or it's not resting and recovering from doing a lot of that, then I need to learn to say no. And uh, damn, I'm proud of myself for getting better at that. We've also talked in prior episodes about this concept of the freedom from and the freedom to. Yes. Right? So you're what you're describing there with the, you know, saying no to this, just repackaged a little differently, is if I have the freedom from mowing my lawn, I have the freedom to something else. Read Dan Sullivan's book. Read Dan Sullivan's book, exercise, rest, rehydrate, things we're going to talk about in the next episode, or spend more time in my unique ability. Yes. So how do we get started? Step one, what should what should we do first if we've generated enough curiosity that we're willing to go beyond this podcast episode and do something about it? I would buy Dan Sullivan's book. What's it called? Unique Ability. Oh, that makes sense. Creating the life you want. Where can we find that? Anywhere. Nice. Amazon, Amazon or Amazon will all, all three of their locations will have- Amazon, uh, Amazon, and Amazon. You can go direct to the strategiccoach.com, which is his website. And the book is both a wonderful, more in-depth version of what we've talked about today, but it is also a step-by-step. Well, what I like about the book, you remember our good friend Mike. When we helped Mike, he was working in a job here in Sacramento where he was kind of the player coach role, wildly successful at what he did, making lots and lots of money, grateful for the money he was making, but he was zapped. He was exhausted. Yeah, he was tapped out. He was managing people. He was selling to customers. He was dealing with production in the plant. And he came to me and said, I'm done. I'm burned out. And I have no idea what's next. What do I do? Step one, are you willing to do whatever it takes to figure out what's next? Yes, I am. Good. I'm going to have you go buy this book, Dan Sullivan's book on unique ability. He did. And then you coached him through it. And then we stepped through the book. It's a wonderful book in that you can self-study it. Mike showed up and paid for the time of having me directly coach him in doing this. The very first exercise that came from that was in the book, Dan has already put together a letter Mm -hmm. that you get to send out to 20 people, Mm -hmm. 20 different people that you've interacted with professionally and personally over your lifetime, asking them for a favor. You remember Mike's initial reaction? I do. 20 letters? 20? 
I'm like, well, well, these people aren't going to, what yeah. are they going to do with these letters? They're going to throw them out. They're too that busy. That was my same reaction when I was 35 years old. Yep. I don't know 20 people that would reply. Okay, well, you got to get over that little pity party because part of the exercise is you're going to go back as far back as you can. Literally to your first job when you're 16 if you have to. Yeah, or your coach in high school or an educator that had impact that you still have a relationship with that you could track down. Yeah. And the um, essence the essence of the letter is to ask for their help as you are exploring the next great adventure of your life. Yes. Which is really trying to figure out what is your unique ability and how you can spend more time giving that to the world and applying the skills that come with it. And it asks these people for help in just the interactions that we've had. What have you noticed are some things that I'm really good at? Yes. Take a guess at the 20 letters, how many Mike got back? 21. 19. Yeah. He got 19 of the 20 letters back. I think I was about the same. I think I was like 18 or 19 out of 20. And what was incredible was what we were able to do with those letters is we sat down at a coffee shop back when you could do that, and we spread them all out around the table with different color highlighters. And every time we saw the same thing, we highlighted it the same color across all the letters. And what we were trying to do with different colors was identify the things that people said he was good at, the things that people said he was really good at, and then the few things that really stood out as, you're the best at this. And going through this process and the rest of what Dan laid out in the book allowed Mike to get very clear on what his unique ability was. So you're going to synthesize all that information. Yes. Put it in the distiller, distill it down. Yes, through the process. And get get to the secret sauce. Yes. And what Mike was able to realize is that he was uniquely gifted at extracting excellence out of sales teams. Over and over again in all of these letters— were people that he had experience with that said, man, you did such an incredible job at taking this mediocre group of people and finding out how to get the absolute best out of them. That was the essence of it. And so all of a sudden now, as Mike is starting to think about what's 2.0, what this exercise allowed him to do was step away from the day-to-day selling, Mm -hmm. the day-to-day production work, Mm -hmm. and realize that I love doing this for people. I love taking a group of people putting them together, and then extracting excellence out of that team. Imagine how long he could do that for. Whew. A lot of runway with no that. No burnout, no tap out. No, and it started giving us an idea of what career 2.0, 3.0 could start looking like. What would happen, Mike, if your salespeople were going to all of your customers as a little value add, hey, we've got this guy on our team whose unique ability is extracting excellence out of sales organizations. And because of how much we appreciate the business you do with us, I want to bring Mike in to spend a day training your people on the house. Mm. And then I just saw the light bulb go on in Mike's head. Cue the thunder, Ace. He started seeing his future consulting business. Opportunity. Now, is Mike there yet? No. He's working toward it, but he has that vision of his future self that by now spending 50, 60, 70, 80% of his time, right, incrementally progressing towards more time in that unique ability, he's getting closer and closer to bringing that future self into existence today. And man, does he live with a lot more confidence. I see it in his body. We, we, we now will get together for lunch and he's just more confident. His head's up, his shoulders are back. He's got a smile on his face. It's awesome to see my friend Mike go through this. Everybody listening, I guarantee this either themselves or they know someone very well who's had burnout. 
And this to me is the panacea for burnout. Because part of the challenge with burnout is you can't see what's next. You can't see around the corner. And consequently, hope leaves the building. And when hope leaves the building, your energy and your positivity and your confidence just all dwindle. So it has been so fun to see the evolution for Mike because I remember, and I say this with great affection, the droopy dog that he was before he had the light bulb go off on, oh, this is what I, oh, wow, this is what I can be doing and how much fun that's going to be. Yeah, he used it to be. It doesn't even feel like work at that point. No, he used to be 5'11", and now he's 6'4". This is really, really awesome. So, so what, that's how. What I would just suggest is go get this book, get into the book, work with an accountability partner that can help you see the blind spots that you're not seeing as you send these letters out and work these exercises. You have done it incredible. I mean, at this point, you've put in hours and hours of time investing in yourself you may not be aware that that's the best investment you can ever make, but you've been with us through 20 or so episodes of this podcast, which good for you for putting that kind of investment into yourself. Now that we've begun this clearance of the wreckage of past and we're making this progress, now it's time to start really taking advantage of what's possible. This idea of creating a future self, bringing it into existence today by getting crystal clear on that concept of unique ability and beginning to expand the allotted amount of time that you're applying it to your life. That, my friends, is a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety, I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Mm-hmm.